Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 421st ever show of all around sports. Each Monday at noon Eastern time, we broadcast live from Florida go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week was NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, which was quite the extravaganza of football. Three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, all postseason games. So it really doesn't get any better than that for uh, the legion of NFL fans across the country and the world. And for me, the highlight uh, of the weekend was Tom Brady beating and the Bucks beating the Washington football team in a great game on Saturday night. Uh, give, give the WFT all credit. They fought hard, and uh, their quarterback, uh, young quarterback, getting his really his first taste of the NFL and certainly the NFL postseason, uh, Taylor Haneke was awesome. But again, as always, it was all about Brady. It wasn't a coincidence that game was on Saturday night. As a longtime Patriot season ticket member, uh, I've been used to Saturday night games uh, in Foxborough, been to countless ones thanks to Brady, and he came up big again on Saturday night, exactly what I would have expected. Uh, the Bucks are playing well, and they did what they had to do. Uh, Washington was what I would call a very tricky team going in. We all know they had a losing record. A lot of people think the NFC East hardly even deserved a spot in the playoffs this year, but uh, they showed up ready to play. Chase Young, uh, who said he wanted Brady after they uh, beat Philly to get in the playoffs the week before, uh, never got to him. So a uh, ton of credit to the Tampa Bay offensive line for keeping Brady clean. As far as where Chase Young was concerned, that was a mono a mono situation there, and uh, the O line came up big for the Bucks. And I was in Tampa watching it in a ultra crowded establishment, so it was great to just see Bucks fever uh, raging, Brady mania at its finest. Uh, you know. After 20 years of witnessing it, living it in New England, to be able to be down here and see it still going, 
uh, albeit in a new place, was really uh, refreshing and fun and different. Uh, but it is now full-blown Brady mania going on down here in the Gulf Coast of Florida, and it is really, really fun to see. So, of course, next up are the Saints, who absolutely demolished Bucks uh, midseason and also beat him in the first game of the year when the Bucks were uh, still getting to know each other. And uh, Brady has never lost to a team three times in one season. We all know the old adage, it's tough to beat a team three times in the same season. So, uh, And the Bucks are simply a different team from, what, uh, from the previous two Saints games. And probably a big difference right now is, aside from Brady just playing well and uh, everybody having gotten to know each other by this point, but it's really Antonio Brown. He is, uh, I believe, caught a touchdown now in four straight games. And he is looking like the dangerous weapon that he was in his days in Pittsburgh. And that's all good. So, And Gronk has been coming around, and although he was more blocking tight end, kind of almost weird to say that, but he's a great blocker. Uh, Cameron Brait came up huge on Saturday night in the playoff game uh, from the t- other tight end position. And Leonard Fournette had a good game. Uh, Bucks defense had their hands totally full with uh, Taylor Haneke in that offense and uh, for the Washington football team. But it was a great game to watch. It was touch and go there in the second half for sure. And uh, But the Bucks held on, and now they're moving on to Divisional Weekend, which should be great. Well, my low light of the week is easy. As easy as the Bucks being the highlight of the week is the Steelers absolutely uh, disintegrating last night. It obviously started on the first play of the game when uh, all-pro center Maurice Pouncey uh, hiked the ball way over Ben Roethlisberger's head. Steelers couldn't even recover it properly. And uh, on the first play of the game, Browns recovered in the end zone, and the route was on. It was 28 nothing by the end of the first quarter. Most several points scored in a first quarter of an NFL playoff game and was in Pittsburgh. And it was just utterly shocking to see Ben threw a couple picks to uh, lead to the other scores in that first quarter. And it was just uh, almost sad to see, really. Uh, felt like the uh, potential end of an era. And Ben threw the ball, I think, 65 times. I mean, that's almost hard to digest, you know, in a playoff game. And uh, to the credit, the Steelers did fight back and actually had a moment of making it close. But this leads into my bizarre uh, item of the week, which was Mike Tomlin not going for it on fourth and one at around midfield. The Steelers had come back. I think they had closed it to something that sounds like 35-23 as in two-score game. And, uh, and... They had him on the run. I mean, the, the Browns were suddenly looking confused. Uh, they had lost some offensive linemen, you know, leading up to the game. Of course, they didn't have their coach, who was not even on uh, in Hines Stadium. He was back at home in Cleveland due to 
COVID, and they lost offensive linemen during the game and already lost some previous to the game, and suddenly it looked like it was all catching up with them. But then Mike Tomlin decided not to go for it on fourth and one, which was the true mano a mano. Again, they had him on the run, and had they, you know, converted there, get get the first down and then get down the field and score would have been, I think their third straight touchdown. And, uh, they might've been able to pull off what would have been one of the great comebacks in NFL postseason history, obviously. And, uh, but it was not to be very, very disappointing decision. Uh, say the least, I'm sure he and everybody in Western PA is regretting, uh, not going for it because, of course, the Browns uh, got the punt and promptly drove it right down the field to score another touchdown. And although the Steelers, again, continued to fight back, it was pretty much it. Uh, it was just too big of a hill to climb. And, again, just really, really disappointing um, decision on my part because that, that was the key moment in the game uh, where they might have actually been able to uh, – complete the comeback but all you know got to give credit to the browns they they come in ready to play juju smith schuster's comments about the browns in the week leading up to the game didn't help so they come in uh highly motivated in fact they had won a playoff game in forever hadn't won a game in pittsburgh in forever and you mix in juju's comments and uh we all saw how that played out and the rest of the games were great, too. Um, it was, of course, started off the weekend, uh, early Saturday afternoon with the Bills and the Colts. Good game there. Went down to the end. Hail Mary by Phillip Rivers at the end did not work. And uh, the Bills held on, and they're looking good. And, uh, and then the Rams-Seahawks uh, followed that game. And... The Rams, it was all about their defense. Uh, their their backup quarterback got hurt, so Jerry Goff had to come out with a broken thumb, and he did very well, all things considered. But it was really about the Rams' defense totally bottling up Russell Wilson. And boy, a uh, very disappointing end of the season for the Seahawks, who started out the season on fire. Uh, Russell Wilson was the consensus MVP after the first half dozen games or so. Uh, and they just never got it going. And just quickly hearkening back to the Steelers, they lost four of their last five. They were down 24-7 to to the Colts at, at Heinz Field in the game that they won. They came back and uh, won the game to their credit, but basically they played one decent half of football over the course of the last five games after going 11-0. It was the Washington football team who, of course, you know, uh, gave them their first defeat of the season. So just had to get that in there. I mean, we're talking a historically bad ending to the season for the Steelers, which is why there has to be a lot of soul-searching going on in Pittsburgh today. Uh, so moving to Sunday, Ravens-Titans, Lamar Jackson uh, got the monkey off his back, and his run uh, for the touchdown was one of the great quarterback runs in history. Uh, regular season or postseason, it would almost felt like it was uh, a souped-up video. When I watched it live, I couldn't believe it. Like, what a spectacular run, and it just seemed like he was, you know, just 
racing through the Titans defense and uh, and then the Ravens defense looked like the defense of old where they completely bottled up Derrick Henry. I think it was 40 yards and 18 carries. It's almost hard to believe given Derrick Henry's recent runs. And uh, and then the final game of the weekend was Saints-Bears. Not the final game, but the final game that I haven't talked about yet. Uh, exactly what we expected. The Saints... Uh, the Saints looked like the Saints in the dome, and the Bears uh, unfortunately looked like the Bears. And you just knew once they fell behind, even when it got to I think fourteen to three, that was it. Like you just knew they weren't going to score. They're just limited on offense. Um, so you know, there we go with uh, Wild Card Weekend. It was terrific. Great job by the NFL and. Now we get to the good stuff as well. Divisional weekend, four great games coming up this weekend uh, that we can all look forward to. And the headliner there will be the last one in my book, which will be the uh, Saints hosting Tom Brady and the Bucks. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And at that time of the show, and our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, John, so glad to be on your show on this National Championship Day of College Football. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you, and you are down in Miami. Uh, it must just be awesome down there, uh, number one, to be in Miami, but number two, to be there on National Championship Weekend. How's it going? Yeah, it's very good, John. You know, it's a limited crowd that they'll have at the stadium, 14,000. So th- that's unique. That's, th- that's 2020 college football. And um, but the two great teams, well balanced offensively, defensively. They're a little suspect on both sides, but um, I'm hoping it's a clean game and we get a chance to see their outstanding talents. I mean, two two tremendous quarterbacks with uh, receivers that are fast and running backs that'll run over you, by you, around you, and can catch the football. Tight ends that are are part of the game plan. So it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure it will be. Well, Alabama, I mean, they're, uh, yeah, it's not a surprise, but here they are on the verge of another national championship. Uh, the Nick Saban era in dynasty continues on. Um, the excitement around the state of Alabama, obviously you're in Alabama, but you aren't there now because you're headed down to Miami. Uh, it must just be off the charts. Yeah, I mean, uh, John, this is another golden era of football. I never thought I'd live to see the day. Uh, you know, he's going to – he could tie Coach Bryant with the sixth national championship at Alabama, and um, it would be his seventh overall because he won one at LSU. But, I get, yeah, John, just an update. I think there's supposed to be 16,000 fans, so I shortchanged him a little bit. But that's still uh, far from the, the capacity crowd. Yeah, yeah, that, that feels like a lot, though, given, you know, the types of crowds we've been seeing. We saw some over the weekend at NFL games and whatnot and various bowl games. But 16,000 feels like, uh, you know, about the maximum <laughs> that I can remember seeing at any game uh, this year, really. Yes, yeah, it, it seems like a, a good high school football game in Alabama, probably. <laughs> <laughs> right, or there you go, or Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> right, right. No doubt about it. So, uh, obviously, Alabama will be featuring uh, this year's new Heisman Trophy winner. So, I have to ask you, Devontae Smith, how do you feel about the vote? Uh, something tells me that you're uh, pleased. 
Yeah, you know, Devante was fabulous all year. Nobody has stopped him, John. They it really haven't slowed him down. So um, I'll, I'll give you my vote, John. It was the most difficult I ever had to make in my my uh, voting career, I guess you could say, for the Heisman. Uh, you know, the quarterback position is so complex, and Mac Jones had four games of 400, and by the time the vote was already completed, uh or the next game, he had 4,000 yards. That's never been done at Alabama. It kind of reminded me when Joe Namath had 4,000 yards in the old AFL. I think it was 1967. That was the first time. So, Matt Jones, he got my number one vote, uh, John. He's 77% completion. If he holds on to that tonight, that'll be the national record. 77%. I can't believe I'm saying that about a quarterback that's throwing the football down the field. I mean, Joe Burrow, I think he got the 75 or 76 last year, which was uh, – uh, you know, mesmerizing to watch him perform. But so I had Mac Jones, number one, then Devontae Smith said all kind of single game records, single season records, career records. I think he's going to break Amari Cooper's record tonight of 228, has 225, if I recall, for receptions. So Devontae uh, Smith was my uh, second vote uh, for the Heisman. He had 20, 20 touchdowns. He got 45 touchdowns, John, in his career. Those, those are numbers like Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram. Those are running back numbers. You're not supposed to have 45 uh, total touchdowns as a receiver to Alabama. He's got 43, I think, in a, a rushing touchdown and a punt return against Arkansas this year. So uh, he'll go down as the best receiver of all time in Alabama's history. That's including Don Hudson and Ozzie Newsom and Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, and, and then some. But, you know, if I had to pick out the best player, I'm, I'm not saying he's the best receiver of all time, but what he's done on the field – with those numbers, it's uh, it's going to take a great player to, to eclipse. And then number three, oh, my number three vote was not. Yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah. No, they're staggering numbers. I, I mean, you know, I, I feel he was a worthy choice. You know, many oh, yes. have said that you know the Heisman had become basically a quarterback competition, so to speak. Uh, so with Devontae winning it uh, first receiver i believe since 91 and desmond howard to win it yeah so i just thought it was refreshing you know it was like performance was rewarded with without regard to position so to speak right i I thought it was great yeah he he was fabulous He, he Yeah, he, he, John, it's like he's playing by himself. In the Notre Dame game, he caught that pass on the left sideline. I saw two or three defenders over there. He got a good block from John Meshi, the third, the other wide receiver. But he went down the sideline. Next thing you know, the official had his hands in the air signifying a touchdown. But it seems like no one can stop him. They tried double team. So um, just looking at uh, what, what he's done, I mean, he's un- unbelievable. Yeah, Smith. Smith is just five receptions away from Amari Cooper at 223, and and he's just 86 away from uh, the all-time for the single season, uh, 1,641 yards he has, and he's just 86 yards away from that. So he could become the all-time leader for yards, uh, touchdowns, no no problem. He has the 20 and the 45 total. Uh, So, I mean, his numbers are unbelievable, and we might have witnessed something that we we will not see for decades, you know. But um, my third vote was uh, my third vote was Najee Harris, who John and I'm going to say this twice for the audience. He set the all-time rushing record at Alabama in less carries than Derrick Henry. He set the all-time rushing career record at Alabama in less carries than Derrick Henry. That is that's hard to digest. That one, 
right. you have to let that one sink in for a minute. Yes, yes. It's and, like, I mean, it's we all know incredible. what Derek Henry has done. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. And, John, that's not, that's not the end of the story. 54 touchdowns surpasses Sean Alexander's 50. Sean had uh, 42 rushing, 8 receiving. Uh, the, uh, Najee had 7 in one year receiving last year. That's an Alabama record for a running back. Had 3 this year. That's 10 as a running back. I mean, there's still people in the record book at Alabama with 11 receiving touchdowns. They're probably in the top 10 to 15. So here's Najee, 10 receptions at, uh, uh, for touchdowns as a running back at Alabama. We have one more game to play. So uh, he had 44 on the ground, which is the record at Alabama, sur- surpassing Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry. And we all know what they did. So Najee's my third vote. He could have been my first vote. You know, it'd be th- those three players, I've never seen uh, so many in one year at Alabama set single season records, game records, career records. Right. It's just amazing. Um Yes, to say the least. I mean, they're all just staggering, and I know I've used this example before, but in the same light, uh, it deserves repeating where, you know, it's the ultimate big three maybe in the history of college football of, you know, quarterback, receiver, running back, a la Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, and Michael Irvin back in the day, but in the NFL. Yeah, I yeah, I really think so, John. You know, LSU. We stated last year, Joe Burrow. That was the greatest one-year performance I've ever I ever saw, uh, the, which surpassed Cam Newton that one year at Auburn. But you know, they had the great receiver last year, won the Blitnikoff Award, and the running back to play for Kansas City now. But these three players: Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, won the Doak Walker Award. Matt Jones won the Davey O'Brien and the Johnny Unitas Award. And yeah, Devontae won the Heisman Trophy, the Maxwell Award, the Walter Camp Award, uh, the Associated Press Award. I think Sporting News had an award. He won every national award as the player of the year, which, I mean, that's phenomenal. Totally. Totally. It's just incredible. Um, well, it all adds yeah. up, AP, to, you know, what looks like almost an unbeatable team and at minimum an unstoppable offense. Um, But, you know, Ohio State, uh, they certainly put it on Clemson. And we'll see if they can, uh, you you know, do what, you know, play that kind of a game. They played an angry game, uh, given all the criticism that went their way, only having played six games, what have you. And Dabo Sweeney ranking them 11th in the country, uh, as they're playing in the final four. And so, yeah, so it's simply, uh, again, can, can they bring that attitude again? I think that's a big factor here tonight. Yeah, John, you know, they lost that game. It was a close ball game to Clemson last season where the receiver went one way and then um, uh, Turner, the safety for Clemson, as Kevin Turner, the former Alabama fullback, had the interception uh, interception to close the game down. So they felt that they were so close, and I think there was some other little controversies in that game as well. So they kind of pointed to that all year. They didn't know if they would play Clemson, but that's the way it worked out for them, and they had a chance for redemption. Even though it's different years, you still have the majority of players on that team. So, But we, we all know that Ohio, Ohio State – Alabama, um, you know, they recruit the talent in Clemson, all recruit the same type of talent, which is fast receivers, good quarterbacks, uh, excellent running backs. So we, we know that they're capable um, of 
putting points on the board and having a night like uh, Justin Fields did with six touchdowns against Clemson in a bowl game in a, in a semifinal game. So, and like I said, this is not one of Alabama's best defenses, but the offense is what has carried this uh, team to an undefeated record so far. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – it should be a good game. I mean, it's two heavyweights, put it mildly. And, uh, you know, it's a new matchup. It's, it's not Alabama-Clemson again. And I think that's, uh, you know, something that people are looking forward to. You know, different opponents. And uh, it's going to be great to watch. And, APU, we've already come to the end of our first segment together. Still a lot more to get to on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Where's America listeners? Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. Back on the line with us from Miami is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we, of course, previous segment talked 
national championship tonight in Miami, Alabama and Ohio State should be a great one. Uh, but I have to ask you, you're down in Miami and how is, what's it like? You've been to a lot of national championship games and many other things, including Super Bowls uh, in Miami and beyond. What's it like in this virtual world these days? Yeah, it's a lower key, John. There's not as many media members, of course. That's watered down, and the number of fans at the certain the team hotels is uh, is a lower figure than it has been in the past. But people are still excited to see these two teams. You know, you have Alabama, the the pride of the South, in the SEC, and then you have the Midwest. The Big Ten uh, champion perennially usually is Ohio State. I mean, they just dominated in that part of the country, and they go against each other in recruiting, as I've stated. So, you know, people want to see a good football game, and I think they'll find a very competitive one tonight if it's played without the turnovers and just two uh, uh, fabulous sets of athletes and coaches going against each other. I mean, those are the two conferences, really, that dominate the college football world, the Big Ten, the SEC. Uh, you know, you have the ACC with Clemson. You have the Big 12 with, you know, the duo of maybe maybe sometime Texas, but primarily it's Oklahoma and everybody else. And then the Pac-12, right. is, they've had the one entrance, as far as I can recall, Washington some years ago, played Alabama and um, Atlanta in the semifinal. And uh, so it's, it's, it's really something that uh, probably people expected, uh, except, except that they expected that the Clemson game, versus Alabama or Ohio State. But Ohio State upset them in the semifinals, so you have Alabama and Ohio State. And I think that's great for the country because it's not uh, clustered in the Southeast or the, the, you know, uh, the ACC and the SEC, but it's in the Big Ten country, and that's a big market. And then the SEC with Alabama and the Southeast, Southwest. You know, so I think they're going to get a very good audience. Oh, no doubt they'll get a good audience. I mean, they're, they're two brands. Big time brands, yeah. and along with Clemson, are the, the, frankly the three biggest brands in the country. Of course, you can mix in Notre Dame, uh, given the yeah. history and and their recent accomplishments. They made it to the Final Four as well. And uh, but yeah, these are two big brands. Haven't seen them uh, as much as Alabama, Clemson, no. and I think it's going to be awesome to watch. I really do. Uh, how do you see the game playing playing out, AP? Yeah, John, I would think the defensive coordinators, they're trying to take the perimeter players away uh, from having a lot of catches and trying to prevent the deep ball. So I think you're going to see a lot of coverage on the outside. And I think let's look to the tight ends uh, representing Alabama from Chicago, matter of fact, Jaleel Billingsley, and then you have Miller Forrestal from Georgia. Uh, they're, they're two competent tight ends. And then for uh, Ohio State, how do you keep somebody happy, John, with 12 catches? Well, you throw them five touchdown passes. That's what you do for Jeremy uh, uh, Rucker, I believe his last name is, from New York, representing Ohio State. And then the other tight end has one, one uh, touchdown reception as well. So that's six touchdowns from the Ohio State tight ends. Maybe they, they get a chance to make some big plays. And it only takes a couple, John. When you're not Correct. expecting on a third down or near the goal line, and uh, the quarterbacks direct their passes to the tight ends, can make they make the catches in clutch situations. So, I, I would also think that Ohio State, if it was up to them, they'd like to pound away at Alabama with Trey Sermon, who's had 600 plus yards in the last three games. He had the 300 in the Northwestern game, 
nearly 200 against Clemson. I think it was 193 in the, uh, the prior game to the uh, Northwestern game. So he's been really hot. You know, he played for Oklahoma, John, a couple years ago against Alabama down here in, in the Orange Bowl in the semifinal, okay. uh, semifinal playoff game. And he's from Georgia, so he's not afraid of anybody from the Southeast. You know, he's, he probably played against some of these uh, people from Alabama, I would think, you know, if you, if you asked him about that. And uh, he's a big back, 6'1", 215. Can, uh, the offensive line has been very good for Ohio State. And they, they were just dominating against Clemson, which was surprising because not many people can run over the Tigers. Correct. So I would think that if I'm Ohio State – I'm going to try to pound away at Alabama some, uh, but Alabama's good against the run, very good against the run. So, uh, and then Justin Fields, you know, he's a dual-threat quarterback. He has those rib injuries. I don't know. You know, we don't know if they're broken, bruised, separated. We really don't know. Correct. But I'm sure he'll have We're a visit from the doctor. No, no, I'm, I'm sure he'll have a visit from the doctor and yep. get that situated before the game starts. And, you know, he's 230 pounds, John. So even yeah, if you big. call the proper defense, you still have to tackle him. Correct. Yeah, he's a big guy and a great runner. And this yeah, is his moment. Runner. Yeah, this is his yeah. moment. Uh, the, you know, on the defensive side for Ohio State, they were able to harass and disrupt Trevor Lawrence, even though he had 400 yards. They held him to the 28 points. And I say held, but hold him to 28 points. That's the new good defense in this world. 28 points right. is, is, an, is, a, is a fair night. And, um, yeah, <laughs> the corner, you know, they're all American cornerback. I mean, he's he's been beaten a few times, some pass interferences. So, uh, like I said, nobody has stopped Devontae uh, Smith, but they're going to do their best, I'm sure. But I, I wouldn't let Devontae beat me. I, I'd have to let somebody else, John Meshi, the third of Alabama, somebody else beat me uh, besides Devontae Smith if I'm going to lose to Alabama. And then on the Alabama side, I mean, you know, Najee Harris, can catch the ball out of the backfield. And he and I don't mean just a little flare pass. He can go down the field and catch the football. Had a chance to visit with his high school coach today, John Lucido of Antioch High School in California. And they'd play him on the, on the wing way outside and throw him passes ever since he was a young player in high school. He had excellent hands. He's six foot two or three, 230 pounds. You know, he can cut, he can run over you, he can also hurdle you, as we've seen a few times. Um, so right, he's outstanding. Sure. I, I would think that, yeah, I would think that Alabama, they might say, look, maybe we're going to, uh, you know, give you that defensive line that they're hard to run against. We'll get Najee on the edge. Can you tackle them one-on-one? Right. Know, maybe that's a strategy right. they might employ. And... uh you know, Alabama's got at the defensive side, Patrick Sertain, the second. You know, he's from this area, South Florida. His dad played for the Dolphins. Excellent ball player, pro bowler, but Patrick is an All-American. He's going to have to go against those wide receivers of Ohio State to see what he can do. And, uh, you know, he's met the challenge most of the time. The deep balls, he gets his hands up. He's kind of lengthy, 6'1 or 6'2. He can challenge on the, on the uh, high points of those passes. But you want to prevent it from going deep because Justin Fields will throw the ball because he has confidence in his receivers. It's up to you to, to um, you know, tip it away in the air or intercept it. Uh, so that's a challenge for Alabama's defense. And the tight end, you know, Alabama has had difficulty guarding that position. So I would say watch out for those Ohio State tight ends. 
And then, of course, up front, Alabama's got to be uh, strong, good gap integrity with pass rushing Justin Fields, not to let him escape, escape to the outside. And, um, you know, also you got to be aware of Trey Sermon because I, I think they will try to pound away at Alabama. And then you have the kickers, Alabama's kicker, John, believe it or not, 13 for 13 with a 50-yard kick this year, 77 for 77 extra points. Amazing, given the history. So, that was always the potential yeah. Achilles heel oh, yeah. of Alabama, yes. but looks like they got that corrected. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will Record was a high, uh, uh, highly valued prospect coming out of uh, Hoover High School in Alabama, and uh, he was injured last year. Uh, I think it was seven for nine, but he, he wasn't up to par. So now he's healthy. And we saw what the results were perfection so uh, this season. Now, on the Ohio State side, the, the field goal kickers, I believe, are 6 for 10. There's a couple of them. One field goal kicker had a 60-yarder in high school, has kicked a 50-yarder last year, I think, with Ohio State. And they've kicked um, of two or three from the 40 to 49-yard range. So, so the kicking is pretty solid on both sides. The punters, uh, inconsequential, you know, Ohio State's a little bit better in the distance, I think. And uh, Alabama's punter, uh, uh, John, is uh, Charlie Scott. You might remember that name. J.K. Scott was his brother, All-American punter, now with the Green Bay Packers. Right, right, absolutely. Well, you know, one player that has just uh, intrigued me is is Sermon. I mean, he, he like, just burst on the scene in that, incredible performance against Northwestern in the yes. Big Ten championship game. But prior to that, yes. uh, you know, not exactly a household name, but he has just come no. on no. Uh, like gangbusters here in the last couple of games. Yeah, he, he's been incredible for them. And it's, it's similar to Ezekiel Elliott when he had those, I think, three 200-yard games in their run the first time. And one of those games was in the – uh, Big Ten championship against Wisconsin, and then that was a 59 to zip game for the Buckeyes. Right, and then they played Alabama, beat them in the Sugar Bowl. That was the first uh, college football playoff game, uh, out, you know, moving forward from the BCS era. And so then he had the 200 yards. I think it was against Oregon in Dallas. We were there, I think. So they beat Marcus Mario, the Heisman Trophy winner. So it's, it's we were very fair that night. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of eerie to see this Trey Sermon have these two games in succession, and now here's the third one. So the offensive line, I mean, they've been doing a great job, and for whatever reason, he's been able to run through the correct holes, and the, the light came on for him. Exactly. Well said. The light came on for him because it's just been incredible. Where, you know, he was among the usual great stable of running backs that an Ohio State would have. And now he's just emerged at the perfect time for the Buckeyes. Uh, Well, AP, we're here at the end of our second segment together. Great stuff, as always. We still have a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? 
It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation, Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is obviously tonight's national championship game between Alabama and Ohio State, which AP and I have been discussing throughout the show. AP is in Miami. And AP, uh, we just had breaking news uh, related but apart from the actual national championship game. One of our favorite days ever each year is the College Football Hall of Fame class was just announced. Why don't I just take a moment here? Unfortunately, we don't have much time to do our usual uh, breakdown. Uh, But I'm going to just read the list, and we'll go from there. So we have 
Harris Barton, offensive tackle, North Carolina. David Fulcher, defensive back, Arizona State. Dan Morgan, remember him, linebacker, Miami. Carson Palmer, we all know him, quarterback, Southern Cal. Tony Romo, quarterback, Eastern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Sims, remember first pick of the Patriots back in the day, defensive tackle from Texas. C.J. Spiller, running back and kick returner from Clemson. He was one of the people that helped lay the foundation for the Clemson that we know today. Darren Sproles, running back at Kansas State. Obviously, fabulous career with the Chargers and the Eagles. Aaron Taylor, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. Andre Tippett, defensive end at Iowa. Of course, we all remember him from the Patriots as well. Al Wilson, linebacker at Tennessee. And then two coaches, Rudy Hubbard, Florida A&M, back in the 74 through 85. And, of course, Bob Stoops, Oklahoma, from 99 through 2016. There you have it, AP. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, quite a list there. Um, I remember all those players. Uh, you know, of course, Tony Rome, I didn't see him play in college, of course, but I remember him. But all the other players on that list, I'm familiar with their accolades and performances and and the two coaches, Rudy Hubbard. I think Rudy was on that staff that won the 1968 Ohio State Championship. I thought he was the running back coach, if I recall. I I know he was with Ohio State at one time. And then, of course, Bob Stoops, uh, he's he's played against Alabama a number of times, and he won that championship earlier early in his Oklahoma career. You know, he was never a head coach until he went to Oklahoma. He was the defensive coordinator for Steve Spurrier at Florida. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a list. It really is. Uh, Tony Romo, you know, uh, this may not be his first Hall of Fame with the way his broadcasting career has started. He, he, went, from, uh, he went from the field right to the uh, – one of the premier jobs in sports as uh, working with Jim Nance on CBS on their weekly uh, top game. And of course, right. Right. He, he, right. And he, he may have become a legend for anything he ever did beyond anything he ever did on the field when he basically in that famous AFC championship game where the Patriots beat the chiefs a couple of years ago in overtime out in Kansas city where he was basically correctly predicting the Patriot play calls before they occurred. And uh, <laughs> I think everybody's loved Tony Romo since that night. Uh, right, and right. Yeah, but it's a good lineup. I, I mean, gee, I, I have to think up in Foxborough, they're pretty happy right now with Kenneth Sims and Andre Tippett both getting elected. They both had, yeah. you know, uh, well, Andre Tippett's a NFL Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer, and Kenneth yeah. Sims was again, uh, you know, the number one overall pick back in the day for the Patriots. Right, absolutely. And John, Rudy Hubbard played at Ohio State and then became that assistant in '68. So he was a running back there, and he played for Ohio State and Woody Hayes. So that's a nice uh, uh, gesture today, considering Ohio State is in the national championship playoff game. It's really nice. It's a terrific connection, to say the least. Um, yes. I, I, I think it's wonderful. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, Darren Sproles, I'm glad to see him uh, on it. I always liked him. I, I won't soon forget being in uh, 
Gillette Stadium a couple years ago when he, uh, the Patriots and the Eagles, the Patriots were in their heyday and uh, Darren Sproles turned the game around. I think it was a night game or certainly a Sunday 4.30 premier game. And he basically turned the game around with a punt return. And lo and behold, that, that, that I think kind of, and the Eagles won that game and it kind of ushered in. Uh, what would later be a, an Eagles victory over the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I think it removed, you know, it gave the right. Eagles a certain amount of confidence. Um, but he was right. a great running back, right. uh, you know, and great career in San Diego. And, you know, he was like a water bug, like impossible to stop, just skittering around. And he, he had a terrific career in college and the NFL. Oh, yeah, low to the ground, very difficult to tackle, good hands coming out of the backfield, um, terrific, versatile player. Oh, totally, totally. Just, just a, you know, a great player, truly. And uh, Carson Palmer, you know, I always remember his career being so shortened in that playoff game against Pittsburgh. And he was just never the same guy, unfortunately. But, boy, he, he had had a great year that year out in Cincinnati and, of course, former Heisman winner. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, big, tall quarterback from Southern California. Had some good years in the NFL and, and quite a career winning the Heisman Trophy at uh, Southern California. No doubt about it. And then, finally, as we wrap up the show here, AP, you know, Bob Stoops, you know, truly a legend in, the, in coaching circles and – Maybe an attribute that really has to be given to him is, you know, that he, the way he passed off the baton to Lincoln Riley and how they've continued with Heisman Trophy winners and CFP Final Fours. You talk about a coach leaving the program in good shape. Like, he he may be the all-time example. Oh, yeah, absolutely, John. He's the person I use as the example, John. If you believe in an assistant coach, hire him. Because he didn't have the coaching experience. Out of Youngstown, Ohio, there's been so many football people involved at the collegiate level in the NFL from that city, uh, Youngstown, Ohio. And, you know, the Stoops brothers in college and the the Angelos and the the De Niro's from Alabama, Texas A&M, respectively. And so that's a a town rich in football. So, But he's the example, the prime example, I say, if you're seeking a, a head coach, don't don't shy away from a bright assistant. If you believe in that person and you give them all the support, they can be successful. Correct. And look at look look at how it's worked out at Oklahoma and AP. Uh, I know you have a lot going on. The show has uh, come to a conclusion here. I just want to thank you for giving your perspective direct from the site of the national championship game, Miami. And uh, just have a great rest of your day and a fabulous evening. It's going to be special. Hey, thank you so much, John. It's my pleasure. And thank you again for calling in, AP. We're all fired up now, no doubt about that. I know I am, and I'm guessing our listeners are too. So much appreciated. Thank you. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.